0: Welcome, everyone,
1: to another episode of Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. I'm I Charlie. know,
2: and we've been off the We were edge out. Challenges. Yeah, we were off the grid. Yeah, I know.
1: That was good. It was good, yeah. But I missed everyone. Uh, we always do. Right. We didn't make a difference last week. We always make a difference, Charles. Okay, just checking. Um, the mission of Corporate Talk, of course, is to use all our collaborative skills to make a difference, even as one person. I know. And we say in the workplace, our companies need us now more than ever. So let's give them our A game.
2: Absolutely.
1: Um, you know, okay, so we're heading into our fourth year, right? Mm-hmm. Yay. Mm-hmm. I know, right? Yeah. So, so that's good. And, you know, here's the thing. Um, corporate talk. We spend our lives in corporate. I've been in over 25. Corporate I spent more years.
2: time in corporate and in
1: corporations than probably any place else on the planet. Right. So we've been there. Yes. Um, and we really care a lot about the program and the content and our guests. However, we tweak it a little bit, right? Because mm-hmm. the easiest thing about our job is um, in corporate is more often than not the work. Hmm. Well, yes right? The hardest thing is everything else, life, home, relationships, you know, how you feel, everything is in the mix in how you perform at work.
2: Well, and we talk about this a lot, right? Because it's a little bit different now than it was when we first started working. Work is not, used to be 7.30 to 4.30 or whatever it was, the crazy hours that we would work. Um, But now it's really 24-7. You're connected 24-7. You're working from home. You're working on your phone. You're working on your laptop. Everywhere you go, work is really with you. So there's really no divide between work and home. And we like to think that there is, but there's really not. Right. And so that's why home life has always affected work. But now it affects it now. It affects it more than ever. Right, And so if you can take care of your home life or your personal life, it can also only help in your work life. Wow. And that's why we say personal and professional development is what corporate talk is all about because making a difference is all about making a difference, not just at work, but in your life, because it's all connected. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we reach out across the world, if you make a difference in just those two small areas, yeah, you can touch the world.
1: I mean, I, I agree 100% a that um, there's no space anymore. We're connected seven by 24.
2: Yeah, we're 20, 24 by seven.
1: And that, you know, life doesn't wait.
3: No, right? it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: your life progresses. Uh, families progress. Relationships progress. We all progress. And um, so it's not a question of uh, finding the balance. It's a question of, balancing the balance
2: well and as we've talked to many of our guests before there's no real balance anymore remember we had that guy
1: who said uh well you get the you know the legal scale and what you got to do is you try to make it equal
2: you can't (laughs) you can't you'll make yourself crazy so sometimes you give more to work and sometimes you give more to family and hopefully you've given enough to family and to work that both are going to be okay
1: Right. And it's not easy. It's not easy. and that's why we bring these fantastic guests. I know like our guests today. Um, you know, probably the most complicated time in a young adult's life is being a young adult. In <laughs> a teenager. And a teenager. Yeah. It's a tough time. Um, and you know, talking about what we were just talking about work and the clock ticks and we're always connected. Yeah. The teen really doesn't care. Oh, no, the
2: team doesn't care. And it doesn't care that you're at home and you're trying to have a conversation with a loved one. Yeah. The team doesn't care. But on the other
1: hand, there is times when you have to turn that off and turn to your family. I know. I, I, I love I love talking about this. Mm. Um, I would love, I guess, to cut to the chase, right? Because yes. we have a subject matter expert today. Yes, we do. And we're really pumped about it. Um uh, we our guest today is Melissa Cohen and Melissa is a licensed clinical social worker independent educational consultant certified professional coach and most important Amazon best selling author of Parent Knowledge which we're going to hear more about today and that to me is the secret weapon of a parent with teens that we need everybody needs help everybody needs help yes so um, I would like to introduce our very special guest, Melissa Cohen. Are you with us, Melissa?
3: I am. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Eva. It's great to hey, be Melissa.
1: here. Um, welcome to Corporate Talk and thanks for being patient. And I, I just want to go off for one second, if I have permission, Eva. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, are you a native New Yorker? I am. Yeah, see, that's why, because, um, you, you know, you. I connect with that. You do. Right? So, and I know you're even better than I thought now. So <laughs> um, oh, that's
3: been here. I'm
1: really excited. We met a, a while back at the summit, and um, the little time we spent really resonated with us, right? Yes. And it we're did. real excited. So, okay, so, Melissa, share with us maybe your contact information first and then a little bit mm-hmm. about what you mm-hmm. do and your website so our listeners can follow along while we okay. continue.
3: Okay. Um, my website is a redefinedyou.com, Excellent. And I also am revamping my other one, which is my team coaching, which is therimacgroup.com. Okay. And I am located in New York City. And you can always reach me at Melissa at either uh, You or the RIMAC group.
1: Um, Excellent. So, I mean, uh, you know, before we even get into the book, uh, I'm really grateful that you shared that information because it's telling us that you're a teammate to whoever needs a teammate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I agree these are tough times in families um, as they always are. Uh, And we need teammates like you to help us navigate, right?
3: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, this book, Parent Knowledge, right? Yes. This is something that, I mean, where did that come from? You decided with maybe uh, people you were seeing, what you were doing, that this needed to be shared with the masses?
3: Yeah, you know, over the years of working... Um, I've been in practice for over 20 years, and wow. over the years, I've just seen um, the challenges of families change, and more and more the emphasis is is growing on you know there's just so many factors out there that are affecting us, and times are different, and every year brings so many new changes that we go through constantly going through transition um, from the time we're young through the time we're old, and the people who are struggling the most right now are really our teens and college students. Yeah. But, and so,
2: why do you think that is? Why, why do you feel that they're struggling the most right now?
3: I, there's so many pressures on them. It's so difficult to be a teen these days. There's things that technology changes on a daily basis. We don't know how that affects us, but our kids are being brought up a lot different than we were. The world is much smaller. We have access to people and information from other parts of the world, which we never did before. Mm -hmm. And everything is automatic and everything affects everybody.
2: Yeah. Well, and I would think it's so challenging because there's a lot of information available now, but there's also a lot of misinformation available now. And I think it would be tough as a teen and young adult, and also as a parent, to be able to funnel through that and filter through it and say, okay, what you're getting here isn't really good information. But I think that would be really tough, especially as a young adult and a teen. You're getting all this. You're just getting bombarded with information and information and information and what's good information and what isn't.
1: Yeah. Um,
3: No way to know. We have, there's so many uh People, you can post anything on the computer, on the web. Yeah. And people take it for fact when a lot of it is not fact.
2: Yeah. Right. That's exactly right. And so when you see, you know, challenges between parents and teens, I would think that, but I could be wrong, I would think that the biggest challenge is communication between them. Is that true?
3: That's a huge one. That's always been a huge one. Right. Uh, because teens are trying to be more independent, they're trying to figure out who they are, and parents, you know, we were once teens, so we know what it's like. But we kind of forget it mm-hmm. to have all these questions about it.
1: Well, it's also like you said, uh, Melissa, we were in teens in this era. You're right. right? The times are changing. Um, everything is constantly transitioning. I, I mean, uh, it's really cool that you are moving with the times so that you can help everyone. I mean.
2: Well, and if you just think about it, I don't mean to like absolutely age myself by saying this, you know, I had to speak on the phone in the kitchen with my parents there. Right. I mean, I didn't even have a phone up in my room, nor did we have one of those like super long cords, like some of my friends did that they could take the call in their room. It was like right there. So my parents kind of knew there was a lot. They didn't know because we weren't connected. But there was also a lot that they did know because it, everything was happening right there in
1: the kitchen. Yeah, and to Melissa's point, right, imagine the competition now, say, in college with the Internet right in your face for access. Right, you know, right. Um, must be a lot of pressure. But tell us first how we can get the book.
3: Uh, the book is available through my any of my websites, including parentnology.com. Or on Amazon.
1: Okay, that's P-A-R-E-N-T-K-N-O-W L E D mm-hmm. G Y. Yes. Parentology.com. And so this book, uh, we got a little brief briefing just now. Um, does it benefit the parent or does it benefit the teen?
3: Uh this is really for the parent. The teens might benefit from it because it's very easy to read, very straightforward. Uh, What I was finding is that people buy these self-help books, but they can't get past the first or second chapter because there's just so much stuff. And then they don't benefit from all the good information that's inside of it. So I made a really easy-to-read book that kind of pairs it down and really talks about communication and how to be a strong family And what's going on during adolescence, either in the brain or with their bodies, so that it's easy to understand. And then I also have sections that break down all these, about 20 or so, relatively common questions that parents might be asking themselves about their kids.
1: Wow. Do you find that the parents um, are open to learning, or do they really think they just want... Um, light switch type solutions. I mean, I say that as a parent, right? I don't, you know, I mean, do I really need to understand and embrace how to speak like a teenager to a teenager? Or do I need to, um, learn how to maybe be a better leader of a teen?
3: It's to be a better leader of a teen. But in order to do that, you have to kind of go back to school and learn what's going on. And- we never really knew what was going on with, us, with ourselves when we were teenagers.
1: And then you'll have a much better perspective. You're, you're exactly right. You're, that's true. Um, and how does a parent do that these days?
3: Um, it's really, it, it's very simple. It's by opening up communication, um, you know, conflict. We all try to avoid conflict, but conflict is really healthy. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't learn how to deal with their issues, with their family, they'll never learn how to deal with any conflict outside the home.
1: Right, and, you know, it mm. works uh, both ways, even from we talk on Corporate Talk a lot about crucial conversations in a meeting. The same is true in the home, right? Right, the same yeah, rules. I agree. Um, right, and so if you're not a strong
3: um, family, you can't have that, that your kids won't ha- have that feeling that they're safe and supported and that they can come to you with things.
1: Right, and that's that's a terrible strategy when you think about it, Mm
3: -hmm. right?
1: Um, No, this is really good. So, uh, Melissa, we have to take our first break, so please stay with us. Um, We have a lot more to talk about. We're talking with our uh, subject matter expert on teen parenting, um, Melissa Cohen. This is Corporate Talk with Charlene. We will be right back.
0: CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. And now let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on talkzone.com.
2: Thanks for staying with us everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and our guest today is Melissa Cohen. Melissa is a licensed clinical social worker. She's an independent educational consultant. She's a certified professional life coach and she's also the an Amazon best-selling author of Parent and you can find Parent Knowledge at Amazon or at Melissa's website at a you.com. So Melissa, you know, we just started kind of, mm-hmm. I know, touching on parental and, um, young adult and teen communication. And so I had some questions. So when, when you originally started working with this topic and with putting parents and teens together and helping them work together, were you finding that a lot of times parents were coming to you and just basically saying, I'm having a horrible time with my kid. Can you fix my kid?
3: That's the number one thing that they say. Okay. <laughs> and so how do
2: you get a parent to see that, you know, it might be starting with them before it starts with their child?
3: It's just discussing and opening up the platform to find out what's going on. How are they interacting with one another? How are they speaking? What is life like at home? And eventually, little things pop up over and over again that might not seem out of the ordinary to them because they're living in it, but Mm -hmm. if you step outside, then you can see it. And it's not usually anything, it doesn't have to be anything great or groundbreaking, but just changing your behaviors a little bit towards each other can take a lot of the stress and tension out of the relationship.
2: What do you see as some of the, the biggest issues that kind of come up over and over again between parents and teens?
3: Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> well, teens are trying to assert who they are. They're trying to figure out who they want to be in the future. Mm-hmm. And parents don't always get that. They want them to be a certain way or expect them to be a certain way. So I think the hardest thing for parents at that point is to really just kind of to encourage and praise and embrace who they are. And it's okay for them to be the way that they are. You know, it's acceptable. You have They don't have to be the best at everything. Uh, they don't have to get it right the first time. And if you ask teenagers the one thing that, is most important to them, the thing that they are afraid of the most, is disappointing their parents, And no one wants to have that be their issue. Because it's something that's so easily avoided. They need to learn, kids need to learn that struggle and failure are important. It inspires new things. And sometimes as parents, we have the tendency to kind of, put those things down because we think that we know what's best because what we would have done, Mm -hmm. but our kids are independent and they're individuals and they need to make the decisions for themselves. Most of the time, given the opportunity, if we've taught them properly, then they'll make the right choice. It's when we push them and expect things from them that they tend to make maybe the wrong decision.
2: And I would think, and and I'll defer to you, Charles, since I'm not a parent, um, I would think, though, that there would be times that parents would say, yeah, but if I don't push my children, how are they going to know, how are they going to excel? Like, if I just let them do whatever they want to do, they're just going to hang out and play video games. Like, how how do I motivate them, but still, you know, let them be themselves?
3: Well, this isn't about letting them sit around and do whatever they want. Right. <laughs> there's, you have to set rules, and you have to set boundaries, and there's expectations, but they should be based individually on the child. If you have a student who struggles to get C's, you can't have expectations of them getting A's. You need to provide them with the supports that they need to do the best that they can
1: this is where it gets, tricky. Time,
3: it's, gets really tricky
2: because I can see where parents would say, "Yeah, but they're getting C's, and I need to really push them to get an A." And so, how do you know if the C student is really a C student or is should be an A student but just isn't applying themselves?
3: Well, if you've provided them with supports, with the extra help, with tutors, with investing your own time with them, and they just don't get it then that might be the student that they are. And you can see that as they grow up. It's where we get into this this struggle with them and we try to become like power parents, I call it, Mm -hmm. power parenting. It's where we want our kids to be the best and we give them so many things, so many activities and all these things, but it places so much pressure on them that they might actually not be able to get what we want from them or what they the best that they can be because it's just the overwhelming expectations are just too hard to live up to.
1: You know, when I, I absolutely agree with when you. When I listen to Melissa now, mm-hmm. I totally get that the book is about parenting the teen, not for the teen, it's for the parent. And I can see it now because it's very complicated. The parent, it could be very humbling for a parent, right? Um, What's, why are you not achieving? And, um, you know, the teen has common sense too. And it's sort of like, well, do you achieve, you know, or whatever. It's very, very, it's almost like a, a behavior guide. parents to live by for themselves.
2: Well, and Melissa, I really liked what you said about, you know, that we're over-scheduling our kids and putting all these demands on them. I can't tell you how many people I know that every one of them tells me that their kids are in some kind of gifted program. So, who are these other kids that aren't in the gifted program? Because it was like, everybody that I spoke to said, oh, well, you know, my son or my daughter is in the gifted program. I thought, well, everybody I talked to is in the gifted program. It just seems like it just puts so much pressure on these kids that they don't even have any time to breathe anymore. I think it's very different than when we were young.
3: Very different. And that pressure kind of takes away <coughs> their creativity. Um, and it's not, you know, creativity is an element of success. And if you want a confident, healthy kid, happy kid, um, you need to give them the time to be themselves, to do what they want to do. Um to enjoy themselves um, they can grow and express themselves but if you don't put limits and boundaries in then you're making it, it, it gets all muddled
2: and when you say limits and boundaries so if you're letting them express themselves what would be what would be an appropriate boundary or an appropriate limit like how do you know when to set that to be right for your child
3: well, you need to be their parent and not their friend. Mm. They need parents, even though they say they don't want them. Without structure or some set of rules, they, they kind of go off the rails. And it doesn't have to be anything that's strict, but it has to be an expectation. It has to be an understanding between the two of you. Yeah, that makes sense. That
2: makes sense. Because I know when we were growing up, it was more like a dictatorship, right? I mean, they just kind of said, you have to do this. And then we would kind of do our own thing. um, And kind of within the confines of the limits of the parents, but it, it was different then because now you see parents are so involved in all the activities. You know, Charlie and I were talking about this, Melissa, that Growing up, if a parent came to a game, if you were playing in a game and your parents came, you'd be sort of mortified. Mm -hmm. Like now, (laughs) now it's, there's the expectation that the parents always have to be there, which I think is a good thing. I don't think it was that great the other way. However, it's like so involved, right? I mean, it just feels like there's so much pressure. And I was reading something lately that kind of talked, spoke to this because I was also, we were also talking one time about, you know, kids are, so scheduled now, like there's play dates and no one just walks over to somebody's house anymore. You don't do just pickup games. Everything is scheduled. And it must be really tough then when you send a teen off to college for them to be able to handle college on their own. You always say that, yeah. Yeah, I would think so.
3: That's amazing because I really, I've been focused, I'm finding that, and I'm focusing more on college coaching now as well because we do, we give our kids everything, and they have so many support services, and we push and we push, and we give them everything so that they can go to the best school. And then we take them there, and we leave them. Yeah. And right now, uh, college counseling centers are overwhelmed. The stress and anxiety to perform and having to do it all on your own is overwhelming.
2: I would think it's so overwhelming because they get there. And I know now some of my friends will even say, like, my son or daughter barely knows how to microwave something to eat. And off you go to college and you have to do your own laundry. You have to figure out when and where you're going to eat. I mean, I know there's a cafeteria and stuff, but all of that, all of those life skills, they just never have had to navigate ever. And then all of a sudden we're expecting them when they're 17, 18, to walk in the door of a college and be able to just, you know, walk in there and start handling it and knowing where to go to class and knowing where to do, how to do their laundry and knowing how to feed themselves. I think it would be really, really stressful for them on top of the curriculum.
3: It is. And time management is a really hard thing for them because they've been so managed their whole life, and then all of a sudden they have, like, free hours and they don't know what to do.
2: Yeah, well, and it's almost like we're creating by all of this kind of time management for them and all these activities, we're almost creating like perfect little corporate workers. However, as corporate workers, they're not even really, they're not really even set up to work.
3: Right. And that's, that. the problem is, is that they're not happy. Right. And you want your child to be happy and in order to do that, you have to have a good relationship with them because that leads to good feelings, and then those good feelings lead to a positive self-esteem. Without that, they don't have a good, you know, sense of self. They can't see that they can do this on their own.
2: Yeah, I would think so. Melissa, you've really got your um, work cut out for you, I would think now. you got a full Absolutely. roster. <laughs> Because I would think that everyone is struggling with this. I mean, how do you make sure that your child is in all the groups because everybody's doing it? And everybody will say, we're way overcommitted, we're way overscheduled, we're all really stressed out. But nobody steps back and pulls their child out because they don't want their child to be the odd man out.
3: Yeah, um, that's true. But it's really important to reevaluate where your child is. Because not every child can handle it all. And if they're doing it for you, that's wrong. Um, I always tell my families the three R's. To rest, refocus, and reconnect. Which means they have to plug, slow down, enjoy each other, and really not get caught up in what's going on around you. You have to live in the present, not in the past or the future of what is going on. You really have to kind of take stock of where you are and just be there for a while. That's what's best for your kids. It's not, you have to look at it and realize is it your expectations and your agenda that you're putting on them? And now it's become their expectations of themselves. And, and then all you're
2: really doing struggling. is just upping their anxiety. It's level. like everything
1: else, you know, sometimes you slow down. To proceed with caution and right. works better.
2: No, I love the three R's. So this is a great conversational. Thank you. And we're about to take our second break. Stay with us everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and we'll be right back.
0: Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization, regardless of your job description for more about charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution visit charliespeaking.com that's charliespeaking.com let's get back to charlie and eva for more corporate talk on talk zone welcome back
1: everyone segment three and we are talking with our very special guest, Melissa Cohen. And just to repeat for everyone, Melissa is a licensed clinical social worker, independent educational consultant, certified professional coach, and Amazon best selling author of the book Parent Knowledge A Simple Guide to Surviving Your Teen. And what we learned so far is you really need to learn what's in this book. <laughs> yes. Right. Absolutely. Because, um, one of the things I was thinking, and just, uh, real quick, uh, you can find more about Melissa at her website, a redefined you.com. Um, you know, I was just thinking, Melissa, that there's so much at stake here, right? We need these teams. They're our future. Mm-hmm. You know, we we put our hope in their hands, so there's a lot at stake here, and, and uh, we have good intentions. But again, we don't want to just drop them off somewhere in college and think it's as simple as don't gain the freshman twenty or whatever you guys call that. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's very complicated, and um, I really, again, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to say it again. What you're doing is really, really needed. Um, so important. And it's very important. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering, these days, when do parents actually have time to communicate with their teens, right? I mean, it seems like no one's ever together anymore.
3: That That's true, and technology has allowed that to happen. So, you know, most people these days communicate via text. So my rule is that's fine, but if it's going to take more than two texts, You need to pick up the phone and call them. Mm. Because everything gets misinterpreted. Yeah. And the, the communication is not proper communication. If you don't learn how to speak to someone, then that's setting, you know, the bar for the future. And as a parent, we need to be a role model. We need to tell them, you know, you have to lead by example and then follow them with interest. So you can't expect things from them that you aren't willing to do yourself.
1: Right, and well the other thing that I'm realizing now talking to you is how things change over the years. Right? So the parents may not even be aware. They may say, well this is what I did, you know. Or they well, may but not I know. think there's
2: I think it's a bigger issue. I think that a lot of people don't like conflict. And so it's easy to hide behind a text instead of making a phone call. And we just didn't have that before, right? I mean, you just didn't have text or email. You had to actually talk to somebody. And now it's easy to hide behind it, not only for, I would think, the teen, but also for the parent, if the parent isn't really versed in communication.
1: Right. So, I mean, uh, what is the target age group um, that we're trying to... Help here. I guess it kind of is wide, right? It's not only the college student; it could be any level of teen. I would think.
3: Well, it's teen, you know, high school usually, maybe some middle school, because that's when the behavior issues will start to show their, you know, their heads, their faces. Um, And it goes actually through college into about 25, because brain, our brains are not fully developed until that age.
2: Oh, you know, and that's such an important point. You know, I heard Dr. Drew say that one time and I was shocked by that because that's actually huge. Because can you can you talk a little bit about that, Melissa, about the brain not being fully developed and how different stressors can really affect it?
3: Well, a lot of teen behavior is that way because the connections in the brain are not met. And a lot of it has to do with why they do silly things, why they mm. take risks, and why they can't see consequences. Mm. And as they get older, from our perspective, we were like, why, how can you do that? Don't you know what's going to happen? But
2: They're like, no. <laughs> at,
3: all right, but they can look at the two columns and say, if I do it, this will happen, and if I don't do it, this will happen. And they'll go, you know what? They look the same. So they don't see the risk, which is why they tend to have behavior that scare us. And it's just over time that they will learn to make the proper decision. So you can't ask your 16-year-old to make a decision that a 25-year-old would be able to make or even, you know, a a 13-year-old. And we're looking at what they choose to do through an adult brain.
2: I think that's so interesting, right? Because I think most people would think that it's experience.
1: Um, I'm at and the that point that you know, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, it's too it's not that easy. I would need a coach. I would need Melissa in addition to the book, in addition to my day-to-day. I need you you need to be coached through this. There's too much at stake here. Right? Right? It's not that simple. I'm wondering too um Melissa, about the, the, the I don't know what we call them. Do we call them kids? The, the, the teens. Teens. Who coaches them? Is, are we leaving that up to the parents from what they get out of the book? Is there a transition-type coach for a teenager these days?
3: Um, there are some. And like I said, I, part of my practice is with teens and college students as well as the parents. Um, it's kind of a whole package. Because everyone has their own work to do. But sometimes it's more of a kid issue, than, and sometimes it's more of a parent issue. As they get older, it becomes more of a kid issue. When they're younger, it's more of a parent issue, and then at some point they cross over.
1: Hmm. Wow. And um, in your experience and practice... Um, Has it been crossing over all types of families? You know, they have, in addition to teens, they have younger kids. They have, it's a mixed uh, marriage. I mean, is it all different kinds of families that I guess are impacted by this?
3: Yeah, it's every family. And our kids are, because of technology and because of the access that they have and the way the world has Changed and the things that are more acceptable today. Our kids are growing up a lot faster. Yeah, they well, they're, grow,
2: they're growing up a lot faster, but yet also they don't have fully developed brains. So I think that sounds like a recipe for disaster.
3: Yeah, and that's so, like why I we said, have a lot here. That's why more and more kids are having issues, and yeah. if they're not taken care of, and it, it by any kind of professional. If they're just going, like you said in the beginning, to the web to find information, they might not be getting the best information for their family. Right. And
2: what are some of the main issues that you're seeing?
3: Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, drugs, hmm. anxiety, stress, um, expectations, uh, technology, um, sexuality, Pregnancy, I can keep going, but the issues haven't changed. Mm-hmm. We're just more open about speaking about a lot of them.
1: Yeah, I mean the, the anxiety's got to be high. I mean, oftentimes we used to say, we used to hear when I was a teen, "What do you have to be nervous about?" You know, right? Um, and listening to this conversation, it's 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 unbelievable what teen is faced with. Well, and
2: I think also you're just exposed to what's happening in the world more than we were when we were young. Yeah. If you didn't watch TV or read the paper, you didn't really know that much. But now it's so
1: in your face. Exactly. That's that's very true. Um, and I want to make another point here, and that is what Melissa said. The objective is to make the teen happy mm. and um, move forward in a frame of mind that they want to contribute and they want to be a part of the solution as well. It's not just um, a plan to keep your child disciplined.
2: Well, and I think, and and Melissa, um, I'm just wondering, how easy is that to make your child happy when I just see so many unhappy parents?
3: Well, that's part of the issue that's going on is that if you're not happy, you can't expect something from your children that you can't do yourself. And that's we, a tough one, yeah. We also think that, you know, them going to the top-rated school will make them happy. What will make them happy is being at a school where they can thrive and make friends. And, and it's not where they graduate from. It's what they do with their education that they've obtained. So if they go to a great school and they were miserable the entire time, they're not going to be successful in life. But sounds, if they go to It sounds like they, perfect
1: common sense, too, when you say it like that, right? right?
3: Yes, but it's hard to see it when you're in it yeah. because they all want what's best. But really, what's best for our child is finding a place that they feel comfortable, not where the, it's hardest to get in.
1: Yeah, they may not even be interested. I mean, well, not to go off topic, but we talked about this in the past also, especially with sports and things. The child may or might not even be interested. They never even were considered their opinion as much. It's just this is what we do. This is what everybody else is doing. You know, it just creates angst. Right, Mm -hmm. and
3: we as parents are old enough to know that it shouldn't really be about what the next person is doing. It should be about us and our family and what's best for our family. And at some point, you, anyone who's having issues needs to step, step back and say, how am I going to do this for my family?
1: So in your book, does it kind of offer those suggestions to take a step back and maybe do an assessment first?
3: It does. And through the different situations that I, um, I, co- I cover, I discuss, you know, what could be going through your your child's mind, what you're probably thinking, what really, you know, could be going on, because all three of them are usually different. Yeah. And then what a possible solution or ways to approach it and where to seek help at, at you know, when appropriately.
1: Yeah, I could see. I mean, um, I think that's a good strategy. I was going to say earlier what took you so long to do the book because it's so important and so needed? But now I'm realizing that um, it's better that it's now because you have the um, practice of 20 years and transitioning mm-hmm. and seeing so many different um, uh, variations of the same issue, right, so that you can help coach them through it, you've seen a lot of it, which I think is really important for the parents to know that um, this book probably is worth its weight in gold, you know.
3: Well, thank you. But it's ever-changing.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: The the issues, they, they don't go away. They just, they kind of morph. Yeah. And we see it like technology, the fact that what you bought last month is already out of date, that's how kids are. What you might have been able to do last month might not work. You might have to adjust your strategy.
1: Wow. So basically, it's it's a strategy to give you the best possible um, chance of success overall, because it's almost impossible to get it perfect because it's going to be changing anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Right. Okay. So, um, uh, you know, my head is spinning because I'm just trying to take this all in. I'm, I'm trying to flashback and uh it's not really helping having a walk down memory lane but this is really really cool um we have one more segment left so there's more to come please stay with us this is corporate talk with charlie eva and our very special guest melissa
0: colin we'll be right back Charlie Labasco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com.
2: We are back, everyone, and this is our fourth and final segment with our guest, Melissa Cohen. And again, Melissa Cohen is a licensed clinical psychologist. She is an independent educational consultant, a certified life coach, and an author. She's the author of Parentology, and you can find out more about Melissa and her book at you dot com. So, Melissa, we Charlie and I always talk at the break, and we were just saying that you know this feels at times like it might be just so daunting for parents, and that it feels like. It has to start not in the teen years but when they're, you know, two <laughs> or when they first start even talking,
1: right? Well, maybe that's part of the problem. They start too young, and, and by the time they're a teen, they're just already at their well, head is spinning. But that's my point, like starting to look at what is it that they
2: like and not over scheduling them.
3: Well, I think yeah. if they start, if as parents, if we start earlier and kind of set these kind of rules or Whatever you want to call them, these ways of doing things, when they're younger, then they become habit, and there's no kinds of um, problems when they get older. So that mm-hmm. everyone just knows what to do. It becomes much easier. It doesn't mean that it goes away, because the change is inevitable. But if we're more prepared, then it because it's not what we. Do that makes all the difference. It's how we respond to it. It's not the actual experiences. So if we're prepared and we have a lot of practice, then we're more likely to respond in a positive, appropriate way, which just gets trickled down to our kids because then they know what to do.
1: Yeah, it seems like there's this balance that we're looking for between common sense, um, leadership, and also uh, teammate. With the, with our teens, all in one
2: well and i know that this sounds so simplistic but in a way it's like you can use the barometer of everybody's anxiety and happiness levels right if everybody in the family is stressed out it's a good idea that somebody probably something probably needs to change within that dynamic yeah.
3: right you need to step back that's when you need to say you know what let's unplug let you know let's find our space again let's find where we go and not be focused on everything outside of the home
1: so you may be faced with a situation where you have to say to the parent after maybe assessing with them that unless you guys are willing to water this toxic environment down we're not going to be able to move forward
3: right Right. They need to feel listened to. uh, They need to feel comfortable. And in order to have a strong family, then you can move forward. Um, But if the whole family is on eggshells all the time, you can't go anywhere. It's just going to break down no matter what you do. And there's a lot of layers to having a strong family.
2: Yeah, there really is. And and I really liked what you said earlier in the conversation about rest, refocus and reconnect, because I was thinking, well, how can you do that if you've got a team that's so overscheduled and so overcommitted that they can't even see straight? But I would think that just by opening up communication and saying, how are you feeling and what can we drop from your schedule so that you feel better? Or what is it that's giving you a lot of anxiety. I would think just having that conversation would make a big difference.
3: It makes a huge difference, and it's so simple because they know what they don't like or what they don't enjoy, and if you keep forcing them to do it, it becomes a chore, and then it takes away from the things that they're really good at. And if you enjoy it, you're much better at it. So why are we going to force them to play one sport when they really want to play music.
2: Right. Or even sometimes I would think that maybe they do like a sport or music, but by making it so structured and so overcommitted, it sucks the joy
1: out of it.
3: True. There's, you have to know what your child is capable of. And sometimes it's just too hard for you. And that's okay. You have to have that conversation. If you're feeling overwhelmed as a parent, then they might be feeling overwhelmed too. They just might not have the words to tell you. Mm -hmm. And you need to be there to kind of allow them to find their words at any age. Sometimes we just can't figure it out. We just need to sit down and hash it out.
1: Right, and that there's really not always a right or wrong. But more of, a, of an approach. I would think your barometer is your
2: happiness and anxiety levels. You know, I would think that that would be kind of your indicator
1: where you are on the scale of Somewhere how you balance. Is though, if it's unbalanced. I'm happy, but my teenage child isn't. Right. You know. Right.
3: Right. So I always look at it there's stress and there's anxiety. And I ask them to tell me what is going on. And stress and anxiety are two different things, even though we use them interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Stress is what we experience when it's things that we know about. And anxiety is about things that we have no clue about.
2: Ooh, so- I was just going to say that say again. Yeah, say that again, because I like that, and I have not heard that. So say again, so stress, give us an example of stress and an example of anxiety.
3: Okay, so stress is something that we know about. So if we have a paper due... We are stressed about it because we can come up with a schedule in order to complete that paper and make the feelings go away. Anxiety is what we might have about our grades because we don't know what they are and there's no way to know and we're just projecting our feelings towards the future. So if we can get rid of the stress, then we need to look at still what's what's left on the anxiety side and then see what we can do from there. So is anxiety
2: more around fear of what may come in the future that you just don't have any control
3: over? Right. That's anxiety.
2: That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, So stress is more like you could control stress, but anxiety could be runaway, and you could control it by your thoughts, But it's not as concrete.
3: Right. Right. We can do things that that we're stressed about. Whatever it may be. There's some we know what the culprit is. With anxiety, we're not always sure. And it can be a lot of things that are abstract. And that's as a therapist, that's even as a coach, that's where I focus on. Those are the things that we need to get control over. Because we can do away with the stressful things. We complete them or we find a way to make them better. But the anxiety, we need to give a little bit more work because we don't know exactly what they always are. So we need to give words to them so that they can become things that we can... Fi- not necessarily fix, but things that we can attempt to control more.
1: I, I don't want to make light of, of what we discussed in this show, Yeah, but the last five minutes... Um, we would like your permission to share that. <laughs> it is the most, it was the most, it, it's a It's a takeaway for everyone. It's an eye-opener. Because yeah. you want to break that up, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that was really, really cool uh, analysis, Melissa, I got to say. Um, uh-huh. And I bet it helps you identify and break that down, too, in the families. I mean, yeah. I think that's huge.
3: No, this was great.
1: This Unbelievable. Was great, yeah,
3: um, I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah no thank you so much um, we will share this um, fabulous show and along with the book which is Parentology, uh parentnology.com mm-hmm. and a redefineyou.com Melissa Cohen is a teammate that you need in your corner for sure I mean 20 years plus of lessons learned I mean you can't put a price on it it's just unbelievable that was terrific Um, Congratulations, and thank you, because you're bringing something that we all um, are learning from.
3: Well, thank you, and it was a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, uh, excellent, and we would love to have you back. So uh, we will reach out and stay in touch, and thanks again. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you. Man.
2: No, that was great, right? Because you know that there's so many people that are out there. They're so stressed out. And it's all about rest, refocus, and reconnect. And we know it's not easy. But, boy, if you could just take the time to do that, what a difference it would make.
1: Yeah, and, you know, you can tell from Melissa's tone that she really cares about what she's doing. Right. You know, and that it really means a lot to her. And she put a lot of effort into this book. Um, and you can hear it, you know, the Breaking out stress and anxiety is huge. Right. So, again, it's Melissa Cohen,
2: and her website is a redefinedyou.com and the book is Parent Knowledge. You can get it on Amazon and also on her uh, website. Yes. So awesome. another great show. Thank you, everyone, for staying with us this week, and we will be back next week at 4 p.m. Eastern. Bye, guys. More to come. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Have a great week.